Anthony's new book is out, Unstuck, a life manual on how to be more creative, overcome your obstacles, and get shit done. Check out anthonymindel.com slash unstuck to sign up for updates, promotions, and get your copy of Unstuck today. Hi, everyone. I'm Anthony Mindel. Welcome to In The Moment, a podcast about acting, art, and life, and that tricky little thing we're all after but rarely find ourselves in, the moment. In this series, I talk to all kinds of creatives and friends about the joys and the ah, heartache and challenges of acting, writing, producing, and getting out of our own ways to be the creative channels we all are. For more information, go to anthonymile.com, and you can also find us on SoundCloud and iTunes. Okay, I hope you enjoy. Welcome to In The Moment's SAG Strike episode, where Anthony chats with actor and SAG-AFTRA negotiating committee member Kevin E. West. From explanations on how negotiations work, to why the strike is happening, and how AI is involved, this episode has everything you need to know about the strike and how you can support Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of In The Moment podcast with your host, me. <laughs> and my, he just, he started off by saying, you know, we have to give each other props because we're looking good. And <laughs> we are <laughs> my friend, longtime uh, partner in crime in the business for, I don't know, I've known you for almost 30 years, 25 years. That hurts a little, 25. Yeah, late 90s. Yeah, late yeah. 90s. This is Kevin West, everybody. Kevin E. Kevin E. West. You go by the E, okay? I, I, well, yeah, I have to because there's, you know, there's another Kevin West. But because there's an in, in SAG, there's another Kevin West. Okay, yeah. Kevin E West. Yes, yeah. I know you as Kevin West, but the E is important, and that's why we're here because we're going to talk all about SAG and the strike and Kevin is cocktails and cocktails. He's already drinking and it's noon. So thank you. But, <laughs> So Kevin has been on the negotiating committee for all of you. So I, I ran into him at uh, last week. We were striking at Netflix and he was holding court with lots of people. And and then I just thought, well, you know, it'd be great to have him on here because he's on the negotiating committee and he knows uh, a lot uh, of things about what's going on. And I think a lot of actors aren't really clear about, you know, even what we're striking for maybe. And that's no, although you can get all that information on the SAG website. <laughs> Um, but I think we we will talk about everything. But Kevin himself has—I don't know why I'm talking about you in third person. But Kevin is very funny, also, though. <laughs> he's the founder of the Actors Network, which I didn't know you started in 1991. Yes, sir. Yes, Holy sir. hell! Yeah, because Kevin, it, I met you like in '97, '98, something like that, when I came yeah. out here. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, 25 is is pretty accurate. Uh, no, I, I founded it, uh, you know, after being here, uh, did stand up and improv. And then I, I've mainly done, you know, guest star television, most of my career. Um, but again, it was a business organization. It was not a workshop place and it was, um, it won awards and it was uh, pretty unique. No one's ever done it. I did physically close the doors in 2013 because of the internet, but I am actually ironically right now, Anthony, I took a break and, and now I'm coming back in terms of my business expertise on the actor MBA. So those are the places you can find me at the Kevin E or at the actor MBA. But yeah, the, the organization started in 91, brother. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it was such a, it was ahead of its time in a way because, you know, you were just, you know, basically providing a resource for actors to come to network, to get information. Um, and it wasn't like a pay, like, it wasn't like, 
paying for being seen by a casting director. You know what I mean? No. I think it was like, no. it was more of like a school in a way, except you weren't necessarily teaching like I do, like a technique of acting, but you were, it was the business side of it, which was Correct. really valuable. And I think actors forget it's show business. Yeah. And the other problem is that with regards to the business, we, we tend to, because of, uh, you know, I've called us the least educated professional community in the world, bar none. It's not even close in terms of the business. And that's because we see the word business and we think that is because obviously the show and the art and the craft, Anthony, is so uh, subjective. We think the business is black and white. And so we tend to leave the business just at what I call the setup task, get a picture, go to class, be on, have an online portal, maybe do some social media, pay for a demo reel. Those are all tasks you get done, but that's not at all the expertise of what I consider to be the business of how you answer questions, prepare for meetings, uh, do particular types of marketing conversations you get into. Uh, I think the business is, is far more subjective and far more complex than we realize until we're too far in it. We make a bunch of mistakes. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of where we are right now. I think, you know, per, to your point, actors, artists, right, often think the business is antithetical to what uh you know, their vision of what the arts and a life in the arts is. And we have to remember, we still have to pay our bills and get paid, you know, an equitable wage for what we do as artists. Like, mm -hmm. I'm always saying, Kevin, like, you know, I think artists are unjustly treated in a in a very hostile environment where people don't, don't, I, I, I wrote about this when the strike first happened, uh, you know, I think throughout history, it's been like this, that artists aren't revered. I'm not saying we're more special than other people, but art is such a healing component and, and a reflective component of what it means to be human. And without artists, what would what, everything that we take for granted comes from an artistic mind. It comes from somebody who created something that makes our life sometimes uh, easier, but also more enjoyable. And I, I, I think in such a business capitalistic driven system, I think artists are just taken for granted and, you know, exploited, you know? Yeah, I would agree. I think, I think that, uh, you know, having been a guy who grew up where I grew up in rural Tennessee and having started out as an athlete, uh, I, I, I don't think that we, we are viewed, artistry is necessarily viewed as a necessary component of life. Those who right. revere artistry, be it painted art or be it musical art or anything else, you know, that's fine. But I, you know, I just also choose to look back, you know, again, sort of showing my age a little bit, you know, in terms of Bob Hope and his days of, of being on the USO tours and, and looking at something as important as um, going and giving, you know, comedy to the troops on the lines, uh, you know, in the wars. And then you take a movie that Robin Williams was in, like Good Morning Vietnam, and you understand that that's, if you think that when people are fighting for their literal lives, that that being entertained and having something to make you smile. And if you think that's not a necessary component of life, then you're probably somebody I don't want to hang around. Yeah, wow. That's beautifully <laughs> said. You're right. It literally saved people's lives, right? Correct. And so I, I get it, but I also will say, and I say it to anybody, I don't it doesn't matter if you're 12 years old or if you're 62 years old. If you want to do this and you would like to make some money at it then there is a responsibility that goes along with that. And no one told me this. No one punched me metaphorically in the face and said, dude. But I had an agent when I first started in Atlanta who, who did lean on me one day and said, son, you better learn your business. And she sort of was the catalyst for me to realize that you just having a representative is not your tax accountant and a representative is not your landlord or the person you pay your mortgage to. 
what we're doing right now, Anthony, in the middle of the strike is I don't blame somebody for not necessarily having gotten their fingers into the cookie dough of what our contracts are. I mean, it's a nightmare. It's a thousand pages long, but knowing more and, and being more engaged with the fact that you are a working professional, it's a paid check with a W-2. That is something that has to become more present for us, even the more we get towards dealing with AI and such. It is a profession. And so, you know, I'm just an advocate of people having an understanding of that. Yeah, I mean, that's what is what drove you, I know, to create the Actors Network and your, your M Actors MBA, MBA, right? So that's MBA. a lot. It's really important. But let's, okay, so Kevin, let's just jump in because I'm sure everybody's like, do it, man. Do right. it. So, I think you're right. I do think actors, God bless them, maybe don't track information in ways that, you know, uh, again, I think it's like the artist spirit. It's like very bohemian, but that shouldn't be an excuse to not know what's going on. And so we're here to help, you know, people work through, you don't have to read a, a thousand page. <laughs> no, uh, you do not. You do not. Uh, outline. But so tell us, I mean, I wrote some things down as well but like tell us okay so you're also on the negotiating committee so what does that involve uh it means that we are tasked with there are, I, I believe uh, nationwide there are 43 of us i think that's correct representing 160,000 people coming off of a 98% of pre-strike authorization vote and what that means is our job is to go through uh, all across the country and this is where, if people want to get involved, this is where you have to start getting involved every three years. You have to get involved first in the W&Ws, which is the working wages and working conditions meetings that happen six or eight weeks before we actually begin to negotiate with our employers. Uh -huh. And in the collective of the theatrical agreement, everybody please here realize theatrical is not commercial. Conversation that Anthony and I are having has nothing to do with a commercials contract. This is the theatrical contract. So... Uh, those W&Ws take place, and those are the places to ask your questions. Those are your places to bitch. That's your place to be able to come up with, well, you know, this is a problem for me as it relates. And then that gets distilled down over the course of usually a week, uh, uh, three or four or five weeks of W&Ws. And then what happens is the current elected leadership of the union does what is called, they seat the committee. Now, a lot of times these are consistent rollovers because Having contract experience helps when you're negotiating about the contract. Uh, however, that does not mean that someone who has never been on the committee for can't get on the committee. But that is left to the powers that be in terms of choosing who is actually on the committee. And then we go into what's called a plenary phase. Now, typically, so we take all these things from all across the country and we distill them into this matrix. And it's all of these things. And then that plenary phase, which usually is only a couple of days, but this year the package was so huge. Uh, it took us eight days to get through it. And that gets distilled down to what we would call our proposal package. And that's what we walk into the room. No different, Anthony, if you're the AMPTP, which by the way, everyone stands for the Alliance of Motion Pictures Television Producers. Those are our employers. Uh, that would be, I sit across from a table and I hand you my package and you sit across and you hand me yours. And then the negotiation process of trying to arrive at melding those into one officially codified uh, collective bargaining agreement, that is the negotiation process. And that started on June 7th, our contract sunset, which means expired on uh, 1159 at midnight on June 30th. In this particular scenario, usually those negotiations are eight weeks long. I've done this before. Uh, we only got given a three week period, three week period, which already was a joke by the AMPTP. It was just a joke. 
Um, and so we, we were magnanimous and we offered a 12 day extension to them, which we have to vote on. This all happens. So when you're negotiating, you have your own room and then you have, you right. go into the mutual room, right? And so then we voted for a 12 day extension, which took us to July 12th. And on July 12th, we were 9,472 miles apart on a whole bunch of things. And they were not willing to write the check they need to write. And so here we are on strike. And quite frankly, just as a general statement, uh, I will share with you, because there are some particulars I can't share, Anthony, but right, I will share with you that everyone should know, no matter how long you've been doing this, no matter how many credits you do or don't have, even if you're FICOR, if you're eligible, if you are non-union, you're thinking about joining, please know this contract at this moment in time is literally a strike to prevent our existential end. This AI is the end of us. That's one item in the package, but also financially, the AMPTP has been chewing at basically, Anthony, honestly, I, it's funny because I always go back to 98. It started in 98. So over the last two and a half decades, but especially the last uh, nine to 12 years, they're basically trying to turn Hollywood labor, be it writers or actors, into essentially the Roman Empire. And that you have 1% of stars and everybody else is, is financially an indentured servant. And that's based, and they've been chipping away at it for a long time. But if we didn't stand and walk uh, in a way that they would basically turn every other talented actor who has a skill set and career into a hobby, and that's what we're striking for. You know, I mean, I, I mean, I have so many thoughts about it. I want to let's come back to. I just want to, I want to go over some of the points of of what we're fighting for, right? Yeah, sure. But I think that that you know. Kevin, for me, teaching actors for so long, I saw the writing on the wall <laughs> many years ago. And I felt like, you know, as an acting teacher, even though I have many students who are leads on many streaming shows, I also was okay talking about how I feel like streamers were the best thing that ever happened to us and also the worst thing that ever happened to us because obviously it created a more open market or accessibility for actors who'd never maybe had a chance to break through in a way because there was just so much more content and so many more jobs but I just it, yes it's you know who I blame ultimately is is big tech because Hollywood is run by big tech now and everything is so data-driven. So this speaks to the sort of Roman empire that you're talking about, right? That everything is based on and a logarithm that the streamers, it's not about trying to come up with interesting, if I always feel like if they come up with uh, a hit that is also artistically resonant and beautiful and informative and inspiring that's the outlier that's that's not what they want to do anymore they want to take the data and keep replicating what eyeballs are on and that is never good and this is also why they probably think that oh well any actor can do this any ai generated personality can do this so i the strike part I didn't see coming many years ago, but I, I thought this was going to not be good for actors. So that's kind of where I stood on the creative side of things. Yeah, it's not. And, and one of the things they started doing, Anthony, was uh, when you do what you just described, uh, they're still in the, certainly the studios and networks are in bed with the tech because it actually services what they want. And what they want is they don't have to worry as much back in the day when you only had three networks, ABC, CBS, and NBC, where, you know, your ratings, if you didn't get a certain percentage of literally all of the American audience watching television, 
then a show couldn't make money. And if you had a hit way before, you know, just, I'm talking, let's just go back to happy days. If you had a hit, you made so much money, it was stupid. What happened with the, as, as Fran Drescher at the press release said, you know, this Fakakta business model they created. Well, they created it off the backs of actors and they created it off the backs of writers. But one of the things they did is, yes, you are correct. It did create, let's say, a more horizontal line of spreading out more shows and more content for more humans to be a part of. But their whole point was, we have such good algorithms and we have such good tech that we are smart enough to know if we pay everyone except for just a couple people on that show absolute shit, then, we, right. don't, then we don't have to worry about how big the audience is. We just have to have people like it enough and long enough to subscribe to our channel. And the key about part of this negotiation and part of our contract is our contract isn't just about streamers. Revenue sharing that we have as a part of our proposal, that's about the streaming subscription money, yes, and it's on the gross revenue, it's not on their profit. But we also have paid television, we also have cable, and we also have still broadcast traditional television. And so right. you have to understand that on, or not you, but the, the no, audience, no, audience understand that on the other side of the desk from us negotiating with, they're all different. They hate each other. They're in competition with one another. The only time they line up together is when they line up against us. But you have, you have apples, oranges, and Brazil nuts and gummy bears sitting on the other side of the table, and they're all trying to cram it into, in a very unique new business model, into an old contract. So I just want everyone to understand that, that this is why the, our contract is, is such a complex bear and beast, because you have stunt coordinators, you have stunt performers, you have singers, you have dancers, you have dancers. background, you have right. voiceover, you have all of these different types of performers, and you also have all of these different models and formulas. But what they really did was they played the same tune they played this whole the whole 21st century for 23 years of, well, you know, we don't really know what this means, and which is bullshit. And, right. and what they've done is they our models for what we would make on residuals, I make it, this is the easiest way I can say it. Most of my career has been episodic television. If I got $8,500 for a top of show guest star on Criminal Minds, let's just okay. say it. Yeah. Um, I shoot that, I make that, and in the traditional business model, we know that that was going to rerun during the summertime. And our and our contract is you get 100% of your check on the first network broadcast rerun. Well, guess what? Network broadcast, they don't rerun anything anymore. They do what is called move over, and they move it over to a streaming platform, whether it's yeah, whether it's a Sling or a YouTube, YouTube TV model or, or whether or not it's actually something that goes just directly to an individual licensed streamer. But basically, what... So we have SVOD and AVOD, and this is really important. That's high-budget ad-supported video on demand versus high-budget subscription video on demand. And what eventually AVOD is going to become, because it already is, it's eventually just going to become television. But we're not there yet. So one of the parts and one of the things that we are striking about and that's in our proposal is to inherently, I don't want to say page one rewrite, that would be unfair, but honestly, Anthony, we're basically completely restructuring the SVOD and AVOD formulas of how we get paid. And if we don't, that's why you see residuals that are commonly a penny. And sometimes yeah. you don't even see any residuals at all. That's right. Well, they so, remove, you know, Netflix removes a show before it would have to pay residuals, right? Or, you know, it's, I mean, this is part of the, this is why we're fighting. I mean, this is one of the many reasons why we're fighting. That is let's, go through some, let's go through some of the other points, Kevin, because I think it's, you're so knowledgeable. And uh, so the, at the top of the list is an 11% wage increase. And, and, and I don't think there's 
there's been a wage increase since what, two thousand early 2000s? Or I could be wrong about that, but. Yeah, no, we get minimums every year. That's in the contract. It's if you were, to, and you can download, not that you should, 800 and some pages plus the memorandum of agreement. You can download yeah. those from as a SAG after member on the website, but um, minimums happen every single contract. Got but it. they don't necessarily, as COLA goes, cost of living adjustment, they don't necessarily meet Reflect what that. the cost of living adjustment has been. So, right. so obviously, even prior to COVID, we had some issues uh, that obviously went down financially because uh, during that administration, the national debt was almost doubled. And then we fall straight into COVID uh, with the current administration. And so inflation has been nuts for a good six years, right? Seven right. years. Yeah. So the reason why you propose that, everybody needs to remember that when we ratify a contract, the contract is for three years. That's an eternity in the yeah. digital world that we live in. A friend yeah. of mine joked with me in 1998, not kidding, Anthony, back then he said computer technology six months is like 30 years in the car industry. And that was 25 years ago. So what everybody understand, when you're trying to project and propose and negotiate terms for three years, that's a lot of unknown. So yeah. when you when you hear the number, which I'm going to say now, 1144, that's 11% in the first year, 4% in the second, 4% in the third. Well, nobody consider, you know, if you could predict, Anthony, well, you know, what inflation was going to be from 2024 to 2025 and 25 to 26, you should probably be in a different business. Um, if you could predict, or let's go to Vegas, one of the two. Uh, and so that's possible. But the truth of the matter is the reason why it's 11% is because of what we've lost to the cost of living adjustment over the last two negotiation cycles. So they have to catch us up. And, you know, they came back to us with five, four, and three and a half. And that's just another one of 15 important economical things that we just basically, you know, said, you know, use, you know, F you and have a nice yeah. day. Well, I guess what they, they countered was, ultimately what it would be, what it would work out is by 2026, it would be less than uh, a union member's 2020 wages. I mean, it's ridiculous. That is correct. I, right? I make less money now when I worked than I did in 2010. Yeah. That's correct. Yeah, this is crazy. And and a co the cost of living, especially in big cities like LA or New York, mm -hmm. it keeps rising. So, okay. Uh, very clear. Let's Let's talk about, I mean, this is a big one, right? Like prevent the replacement of human performance with AI. Yeah. And I, you know, honestly, it is a big one and it's yep. way too big to have, but I, but I do want to say something very simply about it because it's important. One, Anthony, is we have two AI experts in our room. So everyone, and the proposal is, is extraordinarily that we presented is very well written. And I make a joke that, you know, it has to be tighter than, you know, two times the Titanic. Uh, ha ha. But the, truth of, but the truth of thank you, it's not that funny. Uh, but the truth of the matter is, is that what they came back with, you could drive semi trucks through because it, it serves them. But this is also what I want to say to your audience, because you, you do have a you do cast a wide net. There is no way you're going to stop AI. This is the same as the horse and buggy trying to stop the automobile. What right. you want to do contractually as a labor force is you want to put the proper fences and the air tight around it enough now that when that when studios and networks or individual independent production companies actually go around and basically breach the contract and they're going to, you have the proper dialogue in place in the contract to be able to create 
legal issues. And, you know, I still, I will just do a projection. This is not about the negotiating committee. This is just Kevin E. And I do this all the time. I guarantee you at some point, you know, image and likeness for AI and actors will wind up at the Supreme Court. It will eventually get there. Right now, we just have to make sure that, that they, we don't leave any cracks so they can basically in three years end us. Um, you know, I don't have a problem. I don't personally have a problem for all those people out there that want to do voiceover. I call it stem cell research. I have no problem with the fact you can take five seconds of my voice and you could use, you could create anything you want to create in a voiceover and commercial. I'm fine with that. Oh, except you have to pay me. Right. If I'm not going to go into a session room, if I'm not going to do this, that's fine. But you have to pay me for that. And so part of what we would negotiate around in, in those areas is, is the old days of a session fee or, you know, uh, you know, in a sound with a sound engineer, it's like, okay, so then if you're going to archive something, if you're going to record something and archive it and then de-archive it and use it, all of those things come with monetary benchmarks. Um, but there's no stopping AI, but our, but our proposal is extraordinarily strong. And obviously it's one of the things they, they just would not even begin to give us a proper counter on. I mean, per the AI topic, you know, it, it, while our our fellow union the writers are striking it it you know makes me think about i'm sure what the streamers are wanting to use you know the the chat bots for eventually is to get the ai to write the shows or the movies or whatever and then just hire a writer to come clean up or make it a little bit better you know than yeah. what the ai is so yeah this is a really important it's just it's, such the, it's, important, the, it's the end of us man it's yeah, the end of us. it's the end of us well, I, i'm sorry it's a, I you know no, Kevin, it's so true. I don't want to go off topic too much because talking about AI, could we could spend the whole hour. I did listen to this really interesting podcast. I'll have to send it to you. Scott Galloway is talking to one of the heads. Love of, him. Love that yes. guy. Have you heard that podcast yet with the 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 head, the former head of of the the AI at Google, who's now he's now left the company and is is all is teaching about happiness and trying to find happiness. And anyway, it it is so sobering and. I don't want to say scary, but because it is scary, but it's it's very sobering in terms of yeah how AI is going to affect all the land uh, the entire landscape, right? And so yeah. this is why it's so important for us as performers. Yeah, I mean it is so crazy too because we are the only job that I know of. Like yeah, our likeness is can be played in perpetuity. Right. So. It's not like an athlete who goes to play a football game and then they're done. I mean, if they go out to play another football game, they're going to get paid for it or whatever. Maybe I shouldn't right. use the sports analogy, but well, it's okay. Yeah. Actually, it's funny enough. I mean, the NCAA finally, after all these years, recently finally, you know, uh -huh. approved an NIL contract in terms of name, image, and likeness, and that that's you right. know, current student athletes can actually make money while they're that's in school right. based on that. And and so the bottom line is, yes, if somebody then was to it was to take somebody from a video of of doing something and go invent an incredibly real like let's say comp competitive product to ea sports you know that you would normally use motion capture or performance capture to make that product and they are able to make it they're walking off the field and take their helm on it looks just like you that would be a form of ai stealing name image and likeness from a college student quarterback or running back or somebody yes that is a good point i mean i also think like the ncaa organization is making millions and millions and millions of dollars off of like you know the final four and the ncaa mm -hmm. tournament it is they are the equivalent in sports to streamers because 
up until this, yes, until they finally settle, why shouldn't an athlete in college be able to make money off of the things that they do? It's yeah. just like, it's so archaic. It's so, it's big institutions not wanting sure. to change and pay their fair share. Sure. It just doesn't. Let's and continue. So, so we're not going to stop it, but we, we've yeah. got to put yeah. some surrounds up for now to, yeah. to protect us. Yeah. Um, let's talk about residuals. Because yes. currently on streamer, I think the thing that a lot of young people may not understand is they're like, what does syndicated mean? <laughs> we're, we know what syndication means because we're of that, you know. Yes, a- era. Yes, we are. <laughs> but I don't think young people even, there is no such, is there syndication anymore? Well, syndication exists. Uh, and there are, there are certainly lots of channels uh, that exist that still do syndication licensing. I don't want to go down a rabbit hole of what happened last negotiation, but but syndication is going to eventually dwindle because what's going to happen is you're going to have you know streamer libraries that that literally could just have the Law and Order channel on streaming, uh-huh. right? Yeah. You could have the Brady yeah. Bunch, you could have the Happy Days, right. and and right. so today, rather than looking at syndication in a way, the the best way to to look at again channels like Freebie or Pluto, or some of these platforms, those are going to become essentially the cable and syndication of the streaming world. That's essentially uh, what they're going to become. But it's much more about the formula, Anthony. It's much more in what we have to remember. We, this is where it starts getting really tough for folks, because you start talking about what's the budget? Is it high budget, AVOD or SVOD, or is it below the threshold? And there are dollars and percentages associated with that and distributors gross base and distributor gross receipts and a percentage of 13 weeks or 26 weeks this is when it starts getting into calculus and then there's also made for you know uh, made for versus move over something that's made for broadcast that moves over the residual structure on that is different there are several different matrices that apply to this and, and it would be extraordinarily a rabbit hole and not helpful to anyone but simply know that if you look at the way that's that streaming is being done now and if you look at the way that broadcast is moving things over and not rerunning things on broadcast and if you look at how much money these companies are making off of their subscription money oh yeah right then all you have to know is is that our residual structures and formulas are way 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 that's three ways way behind and the one that's exceptionally disconcerting and i'll couch it like this for you and i'm just curious if you have thought about this because again you know you're a very bright educated chap on this stuff the directors took a got a 70 percent increase in their svod residual package subscription video on demand right except for the fact that's just a shiny distraction move because all of those companies damn well know right now and i'm not going to pat myself on the back too much anthony but six years ago standing in sag after i stood up out loud and said AVOD and SVOD need to be the same. They need to be favored nations. They need to not be different. And I literally got called a moron. That's the truth. I make a joke about it all the time. Well, I, he called me, he said, that's moronic. And I said, are you calling me a moron? Uh, but because I always thought, you know, I felt like, listen, we grew up with television. Wherever there's eyeballs, people are going to want to advertise. You can't right. sit here and tell me they aren't going to. And that's, a, that's what's about to happen. That's why one of maybe the hardest things besides revenue sharing and AI that we have to solve is, we are restructuring, as, as Fran has said, this Fakakta business model, right? We are restructuring it, but part of that is also making the terms way up towards SVOD for ad-supported video on demand. 
And right. you've probably heard the term FAST now, which is F-A-S-T, which is free ad supported television, which yeah. is what freebie and that's what these things are. But it's just television, Anthony. Right. And so we screwed right. up the cable negotiations way back when I met you in the 90s. We can't screw this up. And that is one of the reasons why we are out on the street, because what we have proposed, make sure we don't screw that up and they don't like it. <laughs> I mean, I love what you say. It's just television. I mean, that's how it's you have television. to think about it. It's just television. Yeah. yeah. So basically, SAG is asking to participate in streaming revenue, and they have said no. Oh, correct. Yes. Um, that is correct. Yeah. The, the, what we put on the table, I don't, I don't think it's dissimilar from what you've got. Uh, you can see it. If any, anybody can go to SAGAfterStrike.org, and you can find two things there. You can find the grid that gives you various deal points of where we are at in our proposal when we walked. And you can also get the interim agreement, which I'm, I have a funny feeling you're gonna ask me about. Um, but yes, um, they walked away uh, severely on that. Yes, on, on, the, on the restructure, yes. Today's podcast episode is sponsored by We Audition. Receive 25% off with the promo code AMAW on weaudition.com. The video chat community to audition, rehearse, self-tape, and get advice, and hopefully book the fucking job. Enjoying In The Moment? Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and follow us at Anthony Mindel and at AMAW Studios, plus all the worldwide accounts near you for updates. Let's talk about, I will come back to that. I'm taking a note. I, we we I, use the word rejected. They rejected our proposal. Yeah. Shocker. Uh, here's something that I've also, again, years ago, I was saying this and, and it wasn't just for streamers. It was Kevin. I always found this so bizarre and in no other business that I know of. I mean, I've never been in anything, but the acting business, but I, I don't, <laughs> I don't understand why. And, and so I, I, I saw here that, that, that this is part of something that you guys are trying to negotiate on about you know, needing for the performer to be able to work to, during hiatus. But I even think it like should go more than that, right? Like I, I'm always struck by an actor who, I've had so many actors who are waiting to hear if a show is gonna get picked up and they shot the pilot, but then, you know, they can't go and shoot something else. And this is insane to me because <laughs> that pilot, a lot of times they were on hold. I had a student who was, I think on hold for over a year that everybody's like, Oh, the pilot's going to go. The pilot's going to go. They're going to make a whole bunch of money. And then the pilot didn't go. And so then they were also out of all the other money retroactively that they might've made had they booked another job. I don't know any other business that does not allow people to procure work while they're not working. Technically they're not working. So it doesn't make any sense to me. No, it doesn't. And I, again, I, I'm going to try and I'm trying to speak really fast because this, this is a very tough conversation as well. So you have, you have two different things that are in our contract proposal that affect what you just said. One right. is called options and exclusivity and the other is called span. So I'll, I'll do span first because span is the amount of time which we are trying to deeply change is the amount of time of when you start to work on a project when they are required to finish it by. So it's not one job to another, but it's you can't stretch it out because, again, this goes back uh -huh. to what Fran said. The streamers have changed the Fakakta business model, right? In that right. we used to always do stuff, you know, from the fall, and then we would do movie, movie of the weeks and miniseries, and everything was very static in terms of the right. schedule of the school year, right? 
Well, as soon as as soon as digital came along, that started getting bounded about. And now they just do production schedules randomly. And sometimes you don't shoot for 18 months or two years or a year. But span is about when you start working, when the amount of time they have to make sure they finish you if you're a regular. So that's okay. span. And we are trying to negotiate to get that changed. But what you're really describing is options and exclusivity. And it was a form of literally illegal labor law, which the, the, the FAIR Act, the FAIR Employment Act that you may have seen in the SAG emails you got, that was, was a result of the last negotiation because we finally actually sued over this. And, and it's what kind of created the legislation, which was the, the Fair Employment Act that, that we now have in place because we finally stopped letting them do that because it was getting ridiculous. Because then you have the other problem, Anthony, which isn't even contractual, which is the court of public belief opinion that if you run a series and that series has ended shooting and you may or may not know when you're going to go back and shoot again with, you know, for season two or season three or whatever, the problem that because you're on a show that then is airing, even though you've already shot it, other employers could actually believe or assume you're not available, even though you're not not available. So one of the things that we have, you know, one of the things that is part of our our proposal is to make sure that the options and exclusivity terms are not as long as they have been in the past. So people can't hold you without the ability and they have to inform you sooner, et cetera. Again, I don't, I don't want to get into the deep specifics, but you are correct. It, it did, you know, three and six years ago, it literally started feeling like, wait a second, this, when I said indentured servants earlier, that's what an indentured servants would be. Yeah, and so, and yeah. so, so that is, that is not only been corrected somewhat legally and also in within our contract, but we're even working on it even further. So in terms of span of when you're done and then when you are done, how, how quickly you can go back and get more work or how, or how much of a shorter period of time they have to inform you, you are going to work again. So those, all three of those things are drastically important and it shouldn't make any sense to you because it sounds illegal. Oh, wait a minute. Cause it kind of was. I mean, Kevin, this is like, as you're talking, because you're so knowledgeable. It's just, sometimes I think, I, I, I tell my boyfriend this a lot. I feel like, like, you know, actors have done the, you know, a deal with the devil in a way, because <laughs> the dreamers know it's true, because executives know that actors are so wanting to work. They, they, they're willing to put up with a lot just to have an opportunity to break through. And, and that's, it's so exploited to me in ways that are egregious. And I just, I, even before this strike, I just was always, I don't know, mystified by how much bullshit actors put up with that in other jobs. Yeah, it's very, I mean, when I was reading Well, but some it's of also this, put up with that you don't get paid for it. I mean, Anthony, well, people it. ask me all the time why I started the Actors Network, and I'll be honest, I, I didn't set, I mean, obviously we know I didn't set out to do it as a business. I'm a Pisces. I think part of me, just the way I grew up and the way I was raised, I, what I saw was far too much emotional pain and emotional aggravation and frustration from a community that's built on emotion that no one at Harvard or Yale or USC or anywhere else yeah. was bothering to allay with an educational curriculum. And that's, you yeah. know, as a Pisces, I mean, yes, I grew up in a tough neighborhood and I, I have a tough exterior, but I'm still an artistic Pisces. And I just, I think part of, I'm a solutions guy. And to me, yeah. I saw the solution to this as the old joke of knowledge is power, but it's not as simple as knowledge is power in this business because we're always emotionally almost willing to sacrifice ourselves just to be, have the opportunity to perform our art for a little bit of money. 
and they have Do exploited it. that very well. And, right. and, and we are done with that. <laughs> That's right. I also think, Kevin, it's worth saying, too, that, you know, streamers have gone so international, which is, is great in a way because it has opened up storytelling from all over the world, which is so important and not so America-centric. But it's also, you know, to me, very tricky because this is also why they're probably not wanting to do a deal with SAG because, oh, I can get cheap labor in India. I don't have to do a deal with you. I'm getting content from India for like, you know, a few dollars or China or wherever, you know? So I don't know. It's really interesting how, how data-driven, you know, at, well, again, it just comes back to money. How much money do they need without having to pay the people that are making them the money? Correct. Let, you know, let I, me just, I, oh, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. A couple other points. I think, you know, some of these made me like, you know, and, and, and this is, I think, I don't know if they pass this or not, but, you know, per performers need qualified hair and makeup people for performers of color. Like, I mean, it's just some of these things when it's I was reading, it's right, a it's a joke. This is so crazy. 2023? It's a joke. <laughs> so how, how much could that cost them to have a qualified hair and makeup person? And have the so products there. That's right. That has absurd. the products. It's absurd. I mean, it reminds me, I, yeah, some of this stuff, my, my job was on the floor. It reminds me of like George, you know, Governor George Abbott of Texas, who will not give construction workers a, a mandatory water break in 110 degree heat. Yeah, he passed the, I don't know if you knew that. This is insane. It passes the pale of just not humanity. It passes the pale of humanity. Humane. Right. It's unbelievable, man. They care more about their dog and the car in the summer than they do the employees that are making their billions. It is, I, know. I, mean, I, know. I mean, just even number four of, uh, literally, I know this because I was so pissed off about it. It's 2023 and we don't have an official definition of a dancer in our contract. That's not a joke. That's not a joke. Because they don't well, want to officially define it because what they do is they get people who can move to do right. it as background for a background rate. Right. Background, background work. And so yeah, you take hair, you class. take hair, hair and makeup for people of color for both background and principles, and you take not having a definition for a dancer. And I, Kevin, starts getting a little cranky. Yeah. <laughs> I start getting a little pissed <laughs> I off. We just ratcheted up a little bit. I don't did. I just a little pissed off. Don't get me started on Governor Abbott. Jesus. Okay. I mean. Yeah. I, I, I start getting a little pissed off. Yeah, no, it's it is uh, absurd. Yeah. It's absurd. Yeah, it's absurd. Um, uh, you know, let's talk a little bit about. I mean, I think like it's just so important about stunt performers, right? Because everything is being so stunt driven, and mm -hmm. you know, stunt artists—they are artists. My goodness, and and same thing with background talent and dancers. Like you're saying, like uh, it just doesn't make any sense to me. These people are working the same amount of hours, just as hard. You have to explain to them why having a, a, a thank you for laughing. I didn't get the sentence out yet. You're laughing. You, you have to explain to them why it matters to have a, a an, an identifiable, even on location, warm up space for dancers. Like, no. what, do you want, what do you want the ballerina to do? Go practice on the gravel? Are you yes. kidding me? Yes, I, I know. They're technocrats. They don't. They they come from Silicon Valley. They don't. They're they work in banks. They don't understand what that is. They don't right, understand. Much, much less the big conversation of self-tapes and casting services, which is a huge part of our proposal and a lot of our oh. conversation, but, but they just don't. And the, and the other thing is they don't care to. A lot of these people in this room on the other side have been doing this for a while. You know, as the old joke, they're not new. 
you know, versus the, what are you new? They're not new, but they don't care. And so the level of this contract, I, you know, I knew before we even started, but this is a contract that's only going to get done by the CEOs telling them these guys can do it because of these people in the room we sit with, they can't make the deal that's going to end the strike. It has to come right. from way, way, way above them, a.k.a. Right. Zaslav and Iger and yeah. all those guys. Yeah. yeah, it does. Yeah, that's a good point. Let's talk about that real quick, too, about, uh, again, I've been saying this. Uh, oh, my goodness. If I have to coach, if I have to coach one more actor for a self-tape for 19 fucking pages that nobody nobody that is insane and why is, is that it, the poor actor they're paying me just they basically have spent 10 hours to more than that to yeah, just than get that. 19 pages no, up that nobody is going to watch a 19 page scene this is insane to me they're going to not fucking we, be, oh. we know well, you can say it. We know. Uh, listen, I know because yeah, I'm, I'm getting cranky. <laughs> but this is this is so insane to me. I, 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 we know within the first thirty seconds of watching something, based on first of all, is can can that person act? Okay, yes or no, that takes them out. Are they the right essence? Yes or no, that takes them out. Are they the right like look that they're looking for? It takes them out. We don't need nineteen pages no. to make that, that our mind. No. Like, come on now. Not to mention See, someone, someone really like myself, it. like you, I know, but if you, if, you know, if you were a performer, Anthony, and you've been doing this for three plus decades, like I have, I got an audition for Bob Loves Abishola on CBS, right? Nine pages, four scenes. I'm sorry. Wait a second. Every single guy you're calling in for this has a long resume. Every single one of us know what we're, you don't, you're not going to watch four scenes and nine pages on a half hour on a 24 minute show. That's half the yeah. show. It's like what, like what, what, what is wrong with you? Like, and so the so and you're just me, the guest star. You know what I mean? It's not like yeah, they're Holland. passing the news. Yeah, no, yeah. come on. Yeah, we're not, we're ridiculous. not, we're not having babies over here. Um, and so, the, so are just, we trying to? Sorry, go ahead. Are no, we just, I just want to make sure everyone knows those that we that is very much in our package and that we are unequivocally changing all of that. Yes. Yeah, I mean, this is just insane. It's it, insane. It, it is. I'm it is joking. Insane. Listen, I was joking. And I probably am not that far off, but maybe thankfully because we're fighting hard or you're fighting hard as a negotiator uh, for these changes. I used to joke that eventually they were going to make castings, you know, like if the scene takes place on a boat, the poor actor was going to have to go rent a yacht and then set up out, set to sail, go out in the ocean and then film themselves on the yacht for their self-tape and send it. And I, I always tell my actors, I was like, you heard it here first, folks, that eventually the streamers are going to want a replication of how they would shoot it environmentally. That's what they're going to want. Well, now, and, and to your point earlier, unfortunately, some folks, when we're trying, we're begging to, some people will, who have different means and different lifestyles will actually go to that extent. And what happened over COVID is these guys just decided that was our new normal. And now we're going, oh, hell no, it's not. Oh, hell yeah. no, it's not. Five pages, shove it or not, and have a right. nice life. I mean, it just, yeah. th this is where and we're at. And you can so. shoot it in your basement if that's where you have to shoot it. And on your iPhone, you don't need like, come no. on now. You don't need box lights and three oh, things and a whoop-de-doo and a guy and a hoo-hoo dilly. You, you don't can still you see don't need. You can really good acting, you know, translates. Oh, yeah, there we go. That's right. It does. It, yeah. You don't. It's just so insane to me. Um, I, I, you know, I think this is interesting. About, I like it. You're upset now. This is good. No, I can't really. I can't really. <laughs> this is how I teach. <laughs> Yeah, you're upset now. I'm a little much. I'm a little much. 
uh, just a couple more points. I'll let you go have lunch and cool down. But, you know, I have an audition after this. How about that? Oh, shit. Okay. I hope it's only three pages. No, it's for a commercial. It's different. Yeah. Okay. okay. Oh, yes. He's not, he's not scabbing it. Remember, this is not for well, a Well, that's why we're going to discuss interim agreements before I go. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yes. We, we will do that. Uh, you know, I'm currently in pre production for a movie that's not SAG. We're shooting internationally. But, but one of the things is, I'm going to have to travel some actors and we're paying, even though it's low budget, we're paying for, you know, their reimbursement of expenses to get there. Why would that not be, you know, a lot of people post COVID have moved to Atlanta or other regions where they can live a better, you know, a, a more equitable lifestyle. They can afford their mortgage or whatever and should, and are being considered for things here. But if a studio wants them and flies them here, that should, an actor shouldn't be a local hire. This is insane to me. Well, first of all, technically it's not even legal. This is one of the things that's happened over the last five or 10 years is that if you, if you don't really technically have a dwelling or a home, you're partly taking work away from someone who lives in that city, and you're not really allowed to be ah, okay. a local hire um, when you don't when you don't live there. That's a that becomes one of those gray areas, kind of like managers don't have the legal right to submit or negotiate for you. God. It, ha okay. it happens. It, it happens in practice, but it's not actually legal. Um, but the other part of that is one of the things in our contract having to do with relocation money. You know, right. you work a corporate job, Anthony, you get a hired to go live in another city, they pay for That's all right. your moving expenses. But the difference is when you do it for a corporation, you're moving once, you're moving your whole life. When actors, one of your one of your clients books a series and they live in LA or they live in Atlanta or Nashville where I'm from and they have to relocate to Canada, Uber, yeah. they still have to maintain their home back home. I know. So you're having, and if you have a, hu a wife, husband, kids, you're having to maintain two dwellings and the amount of money that they have paid people who have to relocate you actually if you do this for a season or two you're literally losing money Same while money. working so that's that's the relocation part of the grid as i call it which you, you'll find on the website sagafterstrike.org um that's one of those things that we are also looking to severely up and the counter that they came back with was let's just say uh commonly and obviously insufficient <laughs> <laughs> and there you go <laughs> and seen and seen uh, I referenced, listen, I referenced the old original Wall Street, and I know a lot of your audience may be way, way, way too young to know the original Wall Street, but you aren't. And there was a line in that movie, aside from greed is good, not, um, that Charlie Sheen asked Michael Douglas late in the Michael movie Douglas. when they when they become uh, adversaries as opposed to friends. And, he's, and Charlie Sheen says to him, why do you want to wreck this company? And what was his response, Anthony? God, I don't remember. Because I can? Very close. Very nice. Because it's wreckable. And see, that's and yeah, I know you had it. And see, yeah. So again, you know, I have an old cliche that I wrote for myself, just for my own self protection. Just because something's possible doesn't make it a good idea. That's, that's well, right. we haven't done enough to stop making some of what's possible to them uh, available always, and that's part of why we're on strike because this shit ends here. Oh, Kevin, you're so inspiring. I'm sure many people are on the front lines like yourself in these. Uh, negotiations and again you're really passionate and smart and yeah it's great to know that you know i've been a member since 1993 i had to look it up today even though every time i go strike i have my card but i i never i was like oh i think i've been a member since 99 1993 bro I'm, I'm way ahead of you unfortunately <laughs> well, well, still but i mean it's just amazing how you're representing us and and i think we're in good hands and Let's talk really quick about the interim agreement. We have to. We have to because yeah, it's, because yes, it's because causing a lot of consternation. Yeah. Yes. What What is an interim agreement? 
So yeah, the first of all, the media decided to call it a waiver, which is annoying. So please, 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 first oh, note, yes. don't don't okay, ever. See, call, I didn't even know that. Yeah. yeah do, okay. Yeah. Do it's not, the waiver. Yeah. Do not reference it as a waiver ever. But it's that not is, called the SAG waiver. It's no, really an interim no, agreement. No, it is a an, filming agreement. Yeah, you agreement. have to use those words because what Got interim it. agreement means is it means that the production is applying for the right while on strike to do a production. And this is important because I'm going to get to the exhibition later. So when you go into production, that's our actor initial compensation. That's what we say on contractually. And it's going into a production. And it's an agreement that they have to meet all of the terms of where our proposals were at on July 12th. Now, that uh, is that in many instances, like you said, here we go. We'll just go back to minimums, right? That means 11%. That wow. means the rate they have. Exactly. So that's right. why it's an agreement and not a waiver. So, uh, so don't think of people when people are seeing these interim agreements that somehow this is scabbing i had to, i had to post some love to sarah silverman today who was angry and irritated and put a video on instagram in which she simply misunderstands but she didn't miss she's a champion of the little guy right and i was like sarah you're just you're not saying this right because she's mad at her celebrity friends who are going to do it but her celebrity friends don't work for scale right these interim right. agreements when someone gets an interim agreement approved the conditions and money that somebody, if it was just a John Q person doing, they're getting a way better deal than what our contract was. So right. first of all, it's an interim agreement for what you get paid. So initial production and initial compensation is one part of our contract. The other part of our contracts is when something is completed and finished, and then it actually gets exhibited or released, meaning it shows up on television or released as a movie. Well, first and foremost, nobody panicked. When you think about a, a, some movie from some AMPTP company that got an interim agreement, you think, man, what, what, why are we even on strike if that's the case? Well, first of all, movies take six, 12 months to finish. So this strike's not lasting that long. So you don't have to panic about what's on the back end of what residuals or whatever, because we will have an agreement by then for sure. Secondarily, right. they're signing up. Let's just say that it was a TV show. Guess what they just signed up for, Anthony? They just signed up to have to pay 2% revenue sharing. And when no one knows what that is yet, but that's part of what the interim agreement is. It's all the terms snapshot frozen as of July 12th, which is in some instances, three, four, 500% better than what our last contract was. So first of all, you have to split your mind versus initial production compensation and an actual finished product and exhibition residuals revenue share, split those two things. They're not the same. They're both in our contract. But the other part is this, and I understand it. Part of what Sarah's rant is about was, why are we even doing this? Why are we allowing this at all? Okay, well, I'm going to put it in these terms, which I know you will understand. What, and you, if you go to buy a house, Anthony, what's the first thing someone tells you to look at in the neighborhood? You look at the, starts with a C. Oh, God, give me more. The comps. Oh, why? yeah, I was going to say the, why? the other houses, what's, right? What's, yeah. the, compar what, what's the comparable price? Right. So members of this union or people, you shouldn't be upset. Because if an AMPTP company, like a streamer like Apple or Amazon, comes in and was actually willing to sign the interim agreement, they're actually saying to us in practice and evidence that we're okay with the terms that we've now struck on. And that's evidence. We don't, sag after is under no obligation to approve every application. And we have hundreds of them already. 
But understand that if we approve some of them and you see some of this going on, that's part and parcel to prove if you were trying to prove a legal case to just go show evidence of, oh, that's weird. You don't seem to have a problem with doing this as an interim agreement. Why do you have a problem with agreeing to it under contract? So there is some intelligent value to approving certain contracts and certain work, not only so some members are working at a much better price. It doesn't mean a celebrity doesn't get a better deal. That's partly what Sarah was mad about. But it's also that it helps create evidence for us when we go back into the room of going, well, that's weird. Your company applied for these 17 applications. So you seem to be okay with this. So what's the problem, Billy? No. So that's, I just want you to understand that, that, and it's real important. Please don't play the COVID Facebook. I did my research stuff that we went through. Please don't do the, I did my Facebook interim agreement research. If, please yeah. don't speak out of turn and think that you that that you understand it. And again, you can read it on sagafterstrike.org, but that's a really short interim agreement piece of clarification. Oh, that's a beautiful clarification. And uh, yeah, uh, I had some thoughts about that too. So yeah, thank you for. You know, I also think it's 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 worth uh, saying. You know, a lot of this you as a workaday actor, a lot of this stuff is about workaday actors, right? It's not about celebrities, God bless them. And, you know, they're worth whatever they're worth. That's fine. But this is really about people who This are, is about the 98 and a half percent, brother, that voted that's for right. free strike. Our that's what it's about. That's right. Yeah. 98% of our union. Wow. Yeah. 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 yeah, so that's that's a always a distinction because I think people take that and twist it into some sort of convoluted argument against what we're fighting for because you know you see somebody making billions of dollars as a celebrity and so well it's my standard joke being from tennessee when the kid comes the, the girl comes home at 20 years old and tells her dad i fell in love with an actor his first thought is oh my god he's an artist he's irresponsible he's never going to make a dime and as soon as we go on strike the same dad goes oh those selfish millionaires no you can't have it both ways man yeah and that's it's right. not both ways it's 98 and a half percent uh of for the lesser union. yeah yeah. Let, let's end with this, Kevin, too, because I think it's important for people to remember that there are, you know, there are, there are, you just said you have a commercial audition. Uh, there are jobs that you can, some people who are non-union, obviously there's non-union jobs. There's, you can audition for uh, um, uh, soap operas or some digital uh, SAG stuff available. So yeah. you can well, go also micro budget, short project. Yeah. All of the right. stuff that's yeah. not, yeah. that's not struck work is on that website. Yes, because a lot of people are freaking out about can I do this? Can I not do this? Also, real quick, can you can you make any kind of distinction? Because I've had a lot of students ask me about they want to post something because they maybe have a show or a series that they film. Yeah, you, two can, years yeah, you can't you can't promote yeah. on a you can't promote a PTB company. No. I, I know. I'm just I I'm like oh, I don't think I think you, you got. A, I have a friend in Oppenheimer, and and he's pissed off. I said, oh, listen, and wow. again, this is. I get the emotional, I do. I get the value. I remember right. the first real Same job I booked, I hit theory, right. right. Yeah. But yeah. Two, th- two things, three things about not being able to put it on social media, okay? Number one, every single person in Hollywood in this nation that cares about studio feature films, they've all seen you if you're in a movie like Oppenheimer, and that's who sure. matters. Number Valuable. two, number two, also bear in mind, the casting director knows you booked the job and you, you, no one can ever take away that you earned that job. You have it in perpetuity for life. Yes, I get the immediacy of wanting to have our ego fed. I completely respectfully understand it. But the reason why you can't is because that's what advertising is. Advertising exists to make money. And what you cannot be a part of if you've been an employee of that production is assisting that making employer that we're currently striking by making more money. That's why you can't do it. You can go sit, you could go, Anthony, you could go sit in a corner at some Comic-Con signing place just as Anthony Mindel and sell 
you know, your picture, signing your picture for $25. But if, but if the, if, but if you got kind of hooked into some panel that was sponsored by AP and TP money or the event itself was, then you can't. But if you're just John Q person at a non AMPTP event and you're just doing it for yourself, you absolutely can. Ooh, AMPTP. Well, yeah. I think they can, I think uh, artists can look on the bright side. Once the strike is over, they can, they'll have lots of content for their feed. Yes. Retroactively. <laughs> yes. And and it still matters because guess where yes. guess where Oppenheimer is going to wind up, Anthony? He's gonna go on the street. <laughs> yeah, that's correct. Yeah. So there you go. Um, so and if anybody's around, just so you know, on on Tuesday at four o'clock at the Valley Film Festival, for anybody who lives in Los Angeles that's hearing this, uh, I am going to be on a panel from four to five with my fellow negotiator Natalia Castiana. So uh, it's a free event at Valley Film Festival from four to five on Tuesday. Okay. Thank you, Kevin. Not that you Kevin, wanted me to say that. I'm just throwing it out there. No, no, no. I mean, I think the more that people, you know, our, our studio is uh, contacting somebody at SAG to see if there's a rep who can come in and talk to the actors about these things that you just did, because I think it's really great. This is really helpful. I think it's really inspiring. Um, like I said, it's great to have somebody like yourself on the negotiating committee who is not a wilting flower. <laughs> No, and none of us are this time, brother. This is no, uh, of course. This committee is is uh, is exceptionally tight across the country. They're all very smart. They know the contract. They've all worked a lot, and we are in full hundred uh, percent unanimity. So, quick question: I know you cannot probably reveal this, nor are you a prognosticator, <laughs> but how's it looking? Nice. What yeah. I've only gotten that 12 times this weekend. I know, every probably minute. My favorite part is the, the writers and even my manager goes, so I heard rumors you guys are going back in the room. And I'm like, and that's why they call them rumors. Uh, there is no looking. Okay. We, well, the, when you walk out, you have to wait for them to call you. So yeah. um, with all like respect dating. to everybody like listening. Dating in the 90s. Yeah. I mean, we've only been out, honestly, two weeks. I know. We've been out 15 been, days. Yeah. And so, been, yeah. yeah, I would... Um, you know, I'll be curious if we don't hear something maybe within the next 15 days, but there yeah. is no, there is no, how, how is it looking at this moment? Well, how okay. is it looking is everyone protect yourself, hydrate, don't overdo it. Please pick one location studio lot that's comfy to your geographical location. Pick that's your number right. of days that you're comfortable with without getting pissed off and the number of hours you're okay with in the sun and the heat, but be consistent, be patient and consistent, but just get out on the line as much as your life allows. Yes, Kevin. Keep calm and carry on, I say. And yes. it's also great because you run into old friends. I've been having awesome. a great time. Yeah, it's been really fun. There's always music, great DJs, depending on which location you go to. Yeah. So. Well, you're at Netflix, which is like a, a, a free no, I've gone to almost all of them except Disney. But 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 Netflix is fun because it's always popping. But yeah, I mean, I ran into um, Thomas Gibson. I haven't seen him since we did since we did the show together, and it was great oh, wow. sitting around yeah. chatting with yeah. him. Yeah. Um, really and I'm, I'm at the Kevin E that's where if anybody wants to, uh, if anybody wants to, to follow, cause I'm going to be doing some videos, uh, some educational videos about the strike this coming week. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, Kevin, thank you so much for being here. What, what's your Instagram handle again? Uh, the Kevin E. Got it. Okay. Yeah, and, um, yeah. Thanks, Kevin. Oh, my pleasure, man. Anytime. Thanks for listening to in the moment. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe, and follow us at Anthony Mindel and at AMAW Studios, plus all the worldwide accounts near you for more. Today's podcast episode is sponsored by We Audition. Receive 25% off with the promo code AMAW on weaudition.com. 
the video chat community to audition, rehearse, self-tape, and get advice, and hopefully book the fucking job.